We are straight-talking Southern girls in our 50s, and that's what you're going to get. Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. We're your hosts, Joe Jamie Tyler and Lana Helda. Come along for the ride and join us as we travel to bring you thought-provoking subjects and women who inspire and strive to make a difference in the world. Hi, Joe Jamie. How are you today? Great, Lana. Well, I wanted to talk today about how this podcast has really opened up a line of communication to our tribe that has become a safe place to come and discuss the issues that otherwise are being, we're pretty left out in. I mean, you see stuff on the news about prescription drugs, but otherwise you don't really hear people talking about the issues that are important to us. Good point. I am so tired of those ads myself. And Today, we are just wanting to thank our listeners for being uh, so supportive and we're loving all the feedback. And what we're really going to ask from you today is if you could just help us spread the word. You know, Lana, a lot of women our age don't even know what a podcast is. So what can you do? You can ask your friends, do you even listen to podcasts and show them how to download them on their phone? We're so appreciative of you guys helping us spread the word because it does cost us money and time to put on this podcast and we want to keep going. Well, and you did that fabulous YouTube, which shows people how to download a podcast, which is really important. But again, to your point, energy is money. Time is energy. This is taking a lot of energy. We love it. We want to keep it going. Anything you can do to help us spread the word is greatly appreciated. And I really wanted to talk about our guest, Rhonda today. I just feel like we're we're sharing these amazing women that are just enlightening and motivating and so inspirational. And she was really, really fun to talk to. I know it. I mean, what a genuine, darling, wonderful woman. And so without further ado, let's get to the show. This is a this is a good one. Our guest today is Rhonda Nelson. You might not know her name yet but you're going to know her husband's name. He is the lead singer of the Little River Band. You guys remember the Little River Band? Wayne Nelson? Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't? That's, our, that's from our era. That's from our, our days. Absolutely. And, we, you know, that's the, we skated to all those songs at the roller rink. Oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> okay, so Rhonda's here. She's, Rhonda's here. She's with us. She's a motivational speaker and an author of the book, A Different Life. And she has such an inspirational story about overcoming loss and how she's taken life's challenges and turned them into helping others. We are so excited to have you here today. Welcome, Rhonda. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. We are too, and we want to get right to it, Rhonda. You are a Southern girl, just like Joe Jamie and myself, and you recently turned 50, and you're embracing life and getting your positive message out there through your book, but you know that old adage, if you want to find the way to someone's heart, go through their stomach, you are doing that so well (laughs) with your yummy recipe. Well, listen, you know, here's the thing, when I got the idea to do that book, what are two universal languages of the world, really? Food and music. So right. I had to like intertwine that, not to mention that 
we have stories in our life that are just intertwined around food. I mean, that's crazy, but <laughs> we really do. So it was a lot of fun to put the book together. Well, I loved it when I, when I read and you said you just knew that the food and recipes had to be a part of the book. Absolutely. I mean, one of the very first things that happened in mine and Wayne's relationship was I introduced him to red velvet cake. The man had never heard of red velvet cake. Who doesn't know red velvet cake? I'm telling you. Yeah, it's a Southern favorite for sure. I mean, you don't go to a party in the South or a function in the South where they do not have red velvet cake. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you just don't. I mean, it's, it's a staple. And he's a country. He, I mean, well, not really. He's not country, but I mean, he's, he's traveled the, he's traveled the country. So you would think he would have run into it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had to, uh, I had to, I had to uh, school him on that little tasty treat for sure. So there's recipes in the book and there's inspiration in the book, but let's go back to your um, early life, Rhonda. Um, you really had some traumatic hurdles to overcome. Uh, in your book, you talked about you're, you were a real daddy's girl when you were a child. But then Absolutely. Tell we, us, uh, tell us your stories. Yeah. So I think probably, uh, well, my father passed away when I was 10. But prior to that, uh, I think we probably broke three or four lazy boys from him, me climbing up on him every evening and, you know, hanging out, watching TV or uh, whatever after dinner. So uh, the joke was that we couldn't, uh, we could not not break a lazy boy rocker chair. So uh, I was very much a daddy's girl. Very, very, very much a daddy's girl. Well, so you lost your dad at the age of 10, which, you know, a father's, a daughter and father relationship is, is so tight and so important in their, in their whole, whole world. And you lost him. But if that wasn't bad enough, your mother remarried and you became again, very close to your new father, and yes. tragedy struck again. Tell us about that if, if you want to. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I have to say, um, I don't think I would be the person that I am today had those two tragedies not happened, um, because you just have to, when something like that happens, you have to dig deep to come out of it. Um, but it, you know, just watching my mom go through that, those periods of her life and being the stellar person that she is. And um, it, it, it really did shape me into, um, into who I am. And, but having said that, yes, it was both of them very tragic and, and very different because one, I was 10 and then one, I was much, much, much older. Um, so you, you embrace those experiences in, in very different ways. Having said that, um, it, it, like I said, it was very tragic, but it also taught me some really good life lessons. And one of them being don't ever take anything for granted because uh, tomorrow, as much as we would like to believe, it, 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 everything will be fine. In, in the split second, tomorrow can be different. Your life can change. So, um, yeah, I, but I, I like to find all the positives in those two things, because I think if you, if, if I didn't, I would have gotten so marred down in so many negative feelings and emotions and thoughts and ways of life that, um, I really wanted to, to, to rise up above that and not let it. And I'm super, super grateful for everything that both of them added to my life. 
Um, I just, I just can't even begin to sing the praises of both of them. It just, uh, I think that's such a, that's such a wonderful attitude. Um, and I'm just curious, and it, did do you have religion or did you have spirituality? What, what were the tools that got you through it that even got you to that beautiful thought? Yeah. Well, so being from the South, I, I grew up going to the Baptist church and, and we attended regularly. And, um, but then as I got older, um, I, I didn't necessarily attend church all the time. And, but, but my faith only continued to grow and, and my, my, this, my spiritual side of me continued to grow. And maybe I wasn't necessarily participating in organized religion all of the time, but I never lost my faith and I never stopped learning and um, leaning on that faith. Um, Cause that faith has gotten me through some, not only just those two tragic events, but at, at times when you think, good grief, how much more can, can come my way? Um, so yeah, it was, it was really, it was really faith that, that, that got me through. So Rhonda, back to the happier times, mm-hmm. you met your husband, Wayne. How long ago was that? So that was in 99. And that was um, a year and a half after my stepfather had passed away. So things were still pretty raw um, in in my life. Um, you know, my mom and I were trying to to sort out and figure out uh, what do we do next. And my father had left a, a large business that um, my mother and I were running. And um, so things at that point in my life were when I met him were were still uh, in an upheaval. Let's say. Um, you know, I was not by any means concentrating on finding a, a partner in life. I mean, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Um, but sometimes those are the best times when you meet someone. Yeah. Um, and well, when you met, when you met Wayne, being that he was a rock star and touring around the country, just due to the lifestyle that we all think about when it comes to that kind of career, were you a little apprehensive? In getting involved? Um, you know what's really odd? It, 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 because I grew up in Nashville and you grow up in, in, in an area where the country music was so big and, and, you know, you would see celebrities around all the time. I'm not like L.A. at, at all, but in its own right, it we would see the stars out and about. And, um, and then I have a lot of friends that work in the music industry. So... I, I wasn't really apprehensive, um, but I just, it it was so far removed from the, what the perception of girl goes to show, girl meets guy on stage, backstage, and they get married. It was, it was so different. The way it played out was so different. And oddly enough, um, and, and what a lot of people don't know is that that evening, uh, when I, I did end up backstage with three of my girlfriends, not because I wanted to, and not because I had, I, that just never was my thing. I grew up loving music and going to concerts. Con- I would go to the concert, enjoy the concert, leave. I was not one of those quote unquote groupie types that would chase out and try to figure out where they were and all of that. So when I met Wayne, um, we spent time talking about the work we had done for various charities, and he was in the process of organizing a charity out in San Diego in memory of his daughter because he had lost a daughter several years prior 
in a somewhat similar accident that I had lost my stepfather. And that was the beginning of our bond, which at that age and stage in our lives, I think, you know, that that's a much different way that, that you bond with someone than when right. you meet someone in your twenties. Right. And so, um, it, I think it took away some of the apprehension because we were connecting on a real and very personal level. Yeah. It, sound, it sounded like that was when you knew, okay, this is a, he's a real, real guy and, and not, not a rock, not just a rock and roll singer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, uh, the person that I had seen on stage that night versus the person that I talked to backstage almost seemed like two different people. He's up there enjoying playing his music and doing what he does. And at that time he didn't sing lead. He didn't start singing lead until 2000. So he was just in the back row playing bass, chewing his gum. (laughs) (laughs) He was always known as the, as the gum chewing bass player. So, um, yeah. So he, um, you know, once he comes off stage and still to this day, it's the same way. Once he comes off stage, he's just like everybody else. Oh, sure. They are. I mean, we all are, right? We all. Exactly. Exactly. Get up and have breakfast. Well, tell us a little bit about your life on the road now. So probably about two and a half years ago, I, you know, I, we both kind of said, we're not getting any younger. Um, There's not a real reason I shouldn't be on the road and, and hang out. And, they still do between 90 and 100 shows a year. So if you put a travel day on the front and back of that, it's gone about 150 days a year. And um, we just said, you know what? Life's too short. And uh, so I I started going on the road. And then the idea for the book came. And so, yeah, it's me and uh, 10 guys on the road. On a bus, on a tour bus. So this is the part that is really interesting, I think, to a lot of our listeners is this little, this entrepreneurial spirit that we have and we still have, and even in our fifties. Right. What What was that? um, And I actually like to go back a little bit further. What was the business that you were running with your mom that your dad left you? And how old were you when that happened? Uh, I was in my mid thirties. And uh, so he had a large number of residential rental properties all over the city of Nashville. Um, And they were all weekly rentals. Um, But we did everything. We we were the cleaning crew. We were, uh, you know, we managed them. um, So, you know, we did everything. I mean, I'll never forget um, because my father passed away in January and, and, and probably three or four weeks after it was icy and gray and nasty. And I was climbing a ladder and getting on the roof of one of the buildings to look at a problem with the roof. And so. (laughs) And this was before Airbnb. You guys. That's right. Way before then. Well, also I thought it was interesting in your book when you talked about your business you had right out of college and that it sort of surprised you that that was your business. Right. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I'd always wanted to own a clothing store and I owned a bridal salon. I, I hesitate to use the word salon because I had found a, a very different niche. Salon sounds a little sophisticated for what I had, but it was a niche that I, in, down in South Florida, you know, um, I did a lot of uh, uh, rental wedding gowns at the time, which was 
pretty unheard of. Yeah, you were and, before your time on a lot of these entrepreneurial yeah, ventures. Yeah, yeah. So, and and a lot of, you know, we, we it was really mainly consignment and rentals. and But it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. It's such a happy time, everybody. It is. It is to, to spend, you know, to see these girls. Oh, and you know what was really cool about it? Um, girls would come in and they would have a dream dress in their mind, knowing that they probably couldn't go purchase that dress, but to be able to rent that dress and, and wear what they felt really good in. And, be, and I had a wonderful woman from Portugal that would do the alterations and she was, she made magic with those dresses. And, uh, you know, the, the, it was so fun to see the girls, um, just their eyes would light up and sparkle um, because they were able to afford a dress that they really thought they never could. So well, that's it was like a, a lot of fun. Yeah, that's like a charity in and of itself. And you've been doing charities for a long time. Yeah. Because now you're very involved in, in quite a few charities, correct? Quite a bit of stuff. We are. Um, part of the thing that, part of my going on the road with, with Wayne and the guys um, we decided several years ago that, you know, we have a perfect avenue to give back. And that avenue is Little River Band and its music. And um, so we uh, decided that, you know, we would all across the country, not just in the cities that we live, that we would um, do benefit concerts for organizations that really touched our heart. And um, so a lot of times people will come to us and they'll want to do these or these um fundraising concerts, but they have no idea how to do it. And that's kind of where I step into and, and help them get it all together and get it off the ground. And so we probably do, I don't know, five or six, maybe every year. Um, some we're way more involved in, in than others. Some we, they want to do it. We say yes. And we just have to show up and do the show. But then there's others, like I say, that we kind of help them along the way to, from, from inception to actually getting there and doing the show. So I want to get the uh, chronological part right about this. So I read that you actually, uh, Wayne and you bought a, a historic home at one point. <laughs> I'm assuming this was before the book, obviously, because it's in the book. So can you yes. <laughs> tell us what made you think of this idea? Okay, so um, we, this was two years after we were married. And, um, I wanted, we lived in Nashville at the time and I wanted a house on a hill with a pool. And, um, it was a very gray day when the house on the hill with the pool fell through and, uh, I decided, okay, well, pardon my French, screw it. Now I want an inn. I want to own an inn. (laughs) (laughs) I want to sit on the front porch and drink champagne with my inn guests. And um, so we started a search for an inn. And, you know, when you have this vision, typically you'll think, oh, five, six rooms would be great, whatever. No, 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 no. That's not me. That's not how I think. I wanted, remember the TV show Hotel? with uh, <laughs> Yes. And how she would come down the stairs of the hotel in the opening of the show. I wanted to be me. I wanted to own a hotel. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, after you wanted an antebellum mansion, I did. So after searching seriously from one coast of the country to the other, um, but only in the Southern half, because we didn't want to be cold, um, which is kind of ironic where we ended up, uh, we found a wood filled in 
just outside of Asheville, North Carolina, and it was 20 rooms, 23 acres, three wow, wedding gardens, a, a restaurant, a wedding facility. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you go big, girl, don't you? <laughs> and, and, and I promise you, in the two years that we owned it, I never sat on the front porch and had champagne with my end guests. Not once. <laughs> no. I'm sure. You, did, you didn't have a second. I can't even imagine that. Because when the dishwasher doesn't show up, you're back there washing dishes. When the yes. housekeeping staff doesn't show up, you're cleaning rooms. So, yeah. yeah. Listen, it was an amazing experience. It was a terrifying experience. It kicked our butts at some, time, at some point. Um, but having said that, um, what I came away from that with, uh, just, it, it really developed our knowledge and love of wine. It developed our knowledge and love of food. It, 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 I learned so much from our chef. I stayed in the kitchen a lot. Um, and we made some amazing friends while owning it. And we still go back to the town still to this day to visit friends. So it was quite the adventure. Speaking of food, one more time before we go, I did want to ask you about the recipes. So of all the recipes in your book, what are your two favorite recipes? Wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. can you do that? Um, It's tough. But I I have to say red velvet is right there at the top. Listen, I remember my mother and my grandmother making red velvet cake at the holidays from the time I could walk. So that's, that is really one of, one of my top. Um, I'm trying to think, and, and I'll go to the healthier side because not everything, some of those are old family recipes and and I, I will be the first to admit they're not the healthiest, but from the healthier side, um, I really love the, the soup that's in there. I believe it's the white bean soup that's in there. Mm. Um, we love soups and especially in the winter, um, when we would, were living in Nashville or in North Carolina, soups were just, they're so warm and cozy. They're like a good book. Yeah. And so I love making that one. Yep. We're soup lovers, aren't we, Judge Amy? Oh my gosh, we are. We make the stock and everything. We can live on awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's, um, the one other um, topic that we haven't touched on yet is actually your motivational speaking career. And did that come out of writing the book or did you, had you been doing that before? No, it, it totally came from the book and from being on the road and just, um, the other thing that we do, um, after every little river band show, the guys go out and they meet the fans and they take pictures and we hear their stories. And, and if I'm on the road with, I'll go out and, and do the same and whatnot. And from that, um, and from writing the book, um, it became very important to me to get a message out to people about loving the life you live. I think because we are attached to a quote unquote celebrity name, people have a perception of what our life is. And in reality, um, we're just like everybody else. But I think people, and, and, and so back to the love the life you live, I think what people can get caught up in, and especially with today's reality TV, social media, and whatever, they, you see all these perfect pictures and perfect images. And I, I mean, I hear it from fans, you know, they're, they, they just, oh, I could never do that. Or I could never be like that. I could never have that. And I'm, oh, I hate that breaks my heart. I hate hearing that because people can have anything that they reach for. And there's something in everybody's life that is incredible and fabulous to love. And it just was so, so, so important for me to get that message out. 
Well, and you know, Rhonda, you embody what Our Lady's Roadmap is about. You know, it's really hopefully encouraging and inspiring women our age and in our next stage of life to to continue to find joy and to continue to be be inspired and find passion in their life because we still have so much more to go and this is such a great fun time in life and you really imbue that and not only in your book but just getting to know you doing this podcast and I love it where you say when I hear the word no I turn it around to how can I move forward yeah 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 I mean I especially with the book um uh, I had a hand in all of it I mean the cover was my idea the the look of it was my idea and I I would hear no no and I'd be like yeah great okay so now we're moving <laughs> we're moving onward how <laughs> great. you're yeah, awesome you make yeah. a great business partner you just you've got it all going on I am really impressed with you through and through I oh, have thank you and by the way ladies um this book is not one of these paperback books that were, this is a gorgeous, hard, large, oversized coffee table book. And it is high quality. The pictures are gorgeous. It's just a, it's just a lovely, you've done. And like you said, book. the cover is, you did an amazing, amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. you. It, it was, it, it, it took, um, it took quite the battle to make that happen, but uh, I got it done. And I, I think, you know, my mom has always said to me, well, anytime I tell you from from little little, if I would tell you no, I would turn around and you were there doing exactly what I told you not to do. <laughs> kind of what it takes, isn't it? It, it is. It so is. Jamie's a rebel like that too. She <laughs> loves to meet other rebels. It's pretty funny. Well, so so what other rituals and habits do you maintain just to kind of keep your staying power? Say when you're on the road for long periods of time, or just I can tell you're full of energy and ideas. Is there anything that you do to... Yeah, well, you know, so we really, and, and being on the road, and, and you guys both know this too, eating healthy it, it can be a challenge. And, um, I, you know, I, I know that, I, that the book is not full of all healthy recipes, but eating healthy is really one thing that is really important to both Wayne and I, um, because you just, you have to, to maintain the, the energy and to, to keep, you know, our work days are, are backwards really from everybody else. Um, when we're on the road, the workday starts at 4 PM and it, it, you know, usually on show days and then it doesn't end until one or two in the morning. So you've got to really make, be healthy to do this. And, um, it, it's tough when you're on the road. So one of the things I, I've been doing this for a while, um, I'm, I'm really, you know, I start my morning with lemon juice water and then I wait a little bit and then I have my apple cider vinegar with my bone broth and, you know, and, and even on, on the bus, because you've got the Nutribullet right there, it's easy to do. So, um, you're one of us we love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm telling you. There are times when I'll take a, I'll take 10 smoothies a day over casino buffet food because there are some, some casinos we go to that you can't even identify the food. So no, not that is a great tip. And one more thing about, um, you travel so much. We'd like to ask this question is, um, are you a light packer or a overpacker? Packing is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> I like to have choices. So. 
prior to the prior to the uh, massive shoe clean out of 2017, I was the owner of over 400 pairs of shoes. Well, when you have 10 people on a bus, you don't get to take up the whole entire space. So uh, it that has been a big challenge for me, a really big challenge. But I I'm down to I can I can do two weeks in in two suitcases, and uh, you know. That's, That's good. Did you narrow, how did you narrow your focus? Like, did you narrow your wardrobe down to a couple of colors or what did you do? I'm curious. Yeah, sadly, it's black, white, and gray. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, you know, a pop of color with something, either a shoe or a scarf or a handbag or something is, is really what it is. And it's, um, it, it, it's hard, but it, it has been the only way to pack. If you get, if you, if you're going to be limited, it's yeah. kind of the only way to do it. I would have to agree with that. Yeah. So Rhonda, when is your next speaking engagement? Right now, um, we don't have anything on the books that's definite. Um, I don't like to put them out there until I know everything is, uh, every I is dotted and T is crossed. So we have a couple of things brewing coming up in the summer. Um, I will be out on the road with the band, um, not this weekend, but coming up. And I think I go back on the road. We've been in a huge construction project at our house. So, um, I've been manning that. Um, but yeah, we go back on the road, uh, in two, or I do in two weeks. So Rhonda, where can people find you and keep to keep tabs on where your next speaking engagement will be coming from? So you can, everyone can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Rhonda B Nelson. And then my website is Rhonda Raves, R-A-V-E-S.com. And this, and, and this will all be in the show notes as well. We'll have links to these. Awesome. And your book can be found, is it on Amazon? My book is on Amazon and it's also on my website, Rhonda Raves. Wonderful. Awesome. And the, Thank and the you book. so much for joining us, Rhonda. Thank you guys. I've really enjoyed it. This is great. Thank you, Rhonda. Bye-bye. Bye. One more thing before we go. Ladies, do you have friends or family that have never listened to a podcast, don't know what one is, and certainly need help downloading? Joe Jamie's put together a fabulous quick tutorial on our website explaining what a podcast is and how to download. Just go to our website, ladiesroadmap.com, and go to the podcast page, and it's right at the top. Thank you for spreading the word about Ladies Roadmap. Thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler at litloops.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to www.ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else? We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between. Mm-hmm.